Well, hey there, and welcome to our upstairs bedroom. Uh, I'm excited to get to come to you today with uh, some scripture and some teaching that I believe is applicable for what we're going through right now. But before we get started, I just thought I'd get in front of it because I know what you're all thinking. And yes, I, I tried to cut my own hair. And yes, it did not turn out very good. So just look, take it all in, and then let's just move on. If you can just focus on uh, my forehead down, that would be great. So um, just a shout out to all the barbers and hairstylists out there. Shout out to my barber, Alan Youssef. You, sir, are a wizard because I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Today, uh, we're going we're gonna to get right into scripture because I want to uh, keep us focused. Today, we're going to look at Romans 8.28. It's one of those scripture verses that we hear all of the time. And I want to just pull out a, a couple of truths and then how we can apply it to our lives. So let's go to the scripture now. Romans 8.28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. This is such an amazing passage of scripture because Paul is writing towards the end of his life here. Romans is the last letter that he would write that we know of. And he, he writes here that he knows. He says, we know. How amazing is that? Paul is convinced of what he's about to tell us. And that's important because Paul experienced so much in his life. The amazing conversion on the road to Damascus. I mean, all the persecution, all the wrestling with the man that he was and what Christ was calling him to. So much of Paul is, is relatable for you and I. And so he writes here, we know, he's convinced of what he's about to say, that God causes everything to work together. This is such an important statement right there because we often read it as everything happens for a reason or God makes all things happen. But that's not what Paul's saying here. He is saying that God causes everything to work together. He takes all the brokenness and he makes it whole. Um, you know, and he says this, he says he does it for the good of those who love God for the good. And that's important because listen, all the individual ingredients of a cake don't necessarily taste good by themselves, right? I, I don't actually do this, but if you wanted to, you could go take a tablespoon of flour and stick it in your mouth. I promise you it's not gonna taste good. But the, what Paul is saying here is that somehow God causes everything to work together for the good. And that's important because right now we're in this season of life that's absolutely crazy. It feels long. It feels like it's not going to end. But Paul is saying here that it doesn't matter what you're facing, whether it's persecution, whether it's tribulation or trial, or whether it's sickness, or whether it's the COVID-19 pandemic, whether it's financial distress, whether it's relational distress, whatever it is that you're facing today, maybe it's loneliness, maybe it's feeling crazy because you're in your house with your family, whatever it is, God is promising us that he is going to use it and he is going to work it together for good. And that's really important. But he puts two qualifiers on it. He says, for those who love God, for those who love God, that is so integral. For those of us that say, God, I love you, um, he is going to work things out for good. But he takes it one step further and he says, and are called according to his purpose for them. And this is important because I think that often we get this belief that we just need to love God. If I just confess in my heart that Jesus is Lord, that's enough. And you know what? It is in a sense. But there's also something more. There's also this beckoning and this yearning for something deeper and something more meaningful. And that's what Paul is saying here. It's for those who love God and, 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 and. This is so, so important here. And are called according to his purpose for them. 
And so let me ask you, what's the purpose we're called to? Well, our purpose is to, first of all, it's twofold, and Jesus teaches us this. It's to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, um, in all your ways, acknowledge him. It's all of that, but it's also love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's a twofold calling here that's so important. And that's really what's happening here in the scripture. It's to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It's our response to God. It's God, we put you above all else. We love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our strength, our mind, our understanding, and all our ways we acknowledge you and we lean on you. It's that, it's our response to God, but then it's our response to what he's made. And it's his purpose is that every person would come to know who Jesus Christ is, that every single person would walk in the knowledge and the freedom of who Jesus Christ is. And I mean, I think we can agree right now we need freedom and hope more than I think many of us ever have in our lives before. And that's the hope. And so it brings me to this, this testimony that I read about in Christianity Today. It's in their newest uh, edition, so you can check it out online, or if you get the print version, you can check it out there. And it's a story and a testimony of a Muslim man who came to know Jesus. And it's it's got some more parts to it, but I want to break it down into this quick quick bit. They believed very much, um, they were devout Muslims, that the infidels, anyone who wasn't Muslim, was evil and would taint their lives. And this Christian man wanted to come to their house and to pray for them and to connect with them because they had just moved uh, to an English-speaking town and moved to North America. And they were all worried. But what's so striking about the testimony is that this man came and he prayed with them. And that was kind of the beginning stages of, of them, of him coming to know Jesus and uh, following him. But what's so intriguing about this testimony is that this man came with gifts for the family and a car for his dad. He bought a car for this guy's dad when he was younger. And the reason why I tell you all of that is because later on in the testimony, uh, some Christian friends that he gets to know and meet um, invite him to church, and it's there that he feels the moving of the Holy Spirit, which then leads him towards the Bible, and he reads the Bible multiple times, and he comes to know Jesus, and it's an incredible testimony. But I want to say this. Often we we think about evangelizing, we think about sharing our faith with people by one of two ways. We either think that we get super weird and we got to tell them that if they don't follow Jesus, they go to hell. And that's a terrible way to do it. Or two, we think about, well, we'll just invite them to church and then we'll let the church service do the work. But I want to challenge you with something today. Before you ever invite somebody to church, you need to invite them into your life. And I think that's what's at the heart of this testimony that I read, was that at the heart of it was this man who invited these, this family into his life, and then friends who invited this young man into their lives before ever inviting him to church. Because let me tell you, before anyone can experience Jesus in a church service, they need to experience Jesus in the people around them, and in the hearts, and the lives, and in the words that we speak. Now, I'm not saying that people can't come to know Jesus just by walking into a church service. I mean, that's our prayer as we meet, even in our weekend online services now, when we meet as a young adults group. Absolutely, our prayer is that if somebody walked in, that they would experience the power, and we know that Christ can do that. We know that the Holy Spirit can move in those ways. But I believe a far more effective strategy and a far more effective method of sharing Jesus is by inviting people into our lives before we ever invite them to church. 
And I want to say this too. There's this challenge of practical gifts as well. I, I love it so much that the thing that was so striking for this young man was not only that this guy came and prayed, but that he brought gifts and he bought a car for the guy's dad. I mean, when was the last time you bought a car for somebody? And don't worry, I'm not saying to go give your sweet G6 to somebody. But what I am saying is that maybe it's that step of practicality that'll break down that barrier with somebody. Maybe you have a neighbor that you you know isn't a, a believer or doesn't really share the same faith as you. Or maybe you just know is going through a tough time and maybe could use some prayer or some help. You know, it's awesome to go over and to pray with them, but that can feel awkward for us and for them. But you know what isn't awkward is going over with a small gift, maybe for their kids. Maybe it's a gift card for groceries. Maybe you actually go get groceries. Maybe you shovel some snow if we have another snowfall because it never feels like it ever isn't winter here. But um, maybe you do something practical and it's with that practicality that you pair it with something else. And it's this. And I want to challenge you with this today. Um, if you break down the barrier of spiritual walls, you will begin a flow of questions and conversations that will eventually lead people to Christ. And I know it doesn't happen all of the time, but frankly, we don't do it enough to really even have good data on whether it works or not for the most part. But let me say this. If you were to go over to, to a neighbor or call up a friend or something and have a practical, maybe you send them a gift card to a local restaurant for delivery or something like that. And you just tell them, hey, you know what, dinner's on me tonight. Um, and then you add this little piece on the end. You ask them this. I don't know what you believe, but I'd like to pray for you. Is there something I can be praying for? Something like that can just begin to break down those barriers. And it allows room for conversations to happen. Because I've said it before, if someone finds out that you're a Christian and they've known you for a while and it surprises them, that's a big red flag. That's a problem. People shouldn't be surprised when they find out that we're Christ followers. It should be on our lips. It should be in our actions. It should be in everything we do. I know a famous saying that we always attribute to Francis of Assisi is, you know, preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. The problem is, is Francis of Assisi never said that. Uh, we have no record of him actually saying that. And you know what? If you actually read some of the things he wrote and some of the things written about him, that's not something he would ever say. The reality is, is that the gospel needs to be on our lips as much as it is in our actions. And so what does that mean? It means that people right now are asking big questions. People right now are asking spiritual questions. They're asking questions about God, about life, about death. And why... Why would we let people who do not believe in Christ be the ones to answer those questions? Why would we let Google and Yahoo and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all of these different mediums, why would we let those things answer the questions for life when you and I, when we have the answer, and that is Jesus? And if you're watching this video right now and you don't know who this Jesus is, I mean, I applaud you for sticking around this long because I know this sounds really churchy, but I want you to know that there is a hope in Jesus and that I and somebody from Elam and our young adults group or our church, we would love to walk with you in that. Um, but I want to encourage you, step out. 
be called according to his purpose because we know that God works all things together for good. In COVID-19 and this weird time of isolation, it's absolutely going to be worked out for good. And we're going to see people come to know Jesus. But God needs us to send out the invitations. He chose his church, the body of people, not the building, to be the ones that would bring people to know who he is. And so the challenge this week is to contact one person. One person who you believe does not have the same faith as you, maybe doesn't have a faith at all, to reach out with something practical and with the offer of prayer. And I think that that is such a powerful thing. Maybe they have kids, drop off some gifts for the kids and a package of Lysol so they can wipe it all down. Um, something practical, but then that offer of prayer. That simple offer can tell them that, hey, you know what, this person's willing to pray for me. Uh, you know, that's amazing. Second of all, obviously they believe prayer matters or they wouldn't be asking me this. Um, I think that that's, that's so in incredibly powerful. And let me just say this too, if you're nervous and you think that, oh man, I can't ask somebody to, if I can pray for them. I have literally asked hundreds, if not thousands of people in my life if I can pray for them. And I have, I don't even know if I've had five people say, no, thank you. I don't want prayer. It doesn't seem to matter. It just breaks down barriers. And so I would encourage you to consider doing that. And you know what? I'm here for you. And I'm here with you. And if you have questions or you have concerns or maybe you're lonely and you need to be filled up before you feel like you can go and fill other people up, call me, text me, uh, whatever it is. My number is 306-715-3443. Seriously, that's my number. Call me, text me, whatever. I'm here for you. And I want to walk with you through this. So bless you. Let me pray for you. And then we'll wrap this up. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that we have technology that we can still meet and we can share the word of God uh, in this way. Thank you for Romans 8.28. Thank you for the words of Paul that we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Thank you for that truth. And God, would we walk according uh, to your purpose and would we love you and in that love and in that calling God would you pour out your comfort and would you pour out your peace and would you pour out that Holy Spirit unction to go out and to share the gospel by doing something practical and offering prayer we love you God amen thanks for joining me and remember don't try to cut your hair by yourself